Hello and welcome to The State of Shakespeare. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And today we're delighted to be joined by Val Winkleman and Mr. John Dodd. Hello. Hello. Val Winkleman is the production manager and associate artistic director of the Texas Shakespeare Festival, now in her 34th season. Or have you completed 34 and you're on to No, we're, we're in the planning stages of this season, so I have and, not completed it. And Mr. John Dodd is the managing director in his 36th season at the yeah. Texas Shakespeare Festival. Welcome, both of you. It's so great to have you here. What Thank is the you. Texas, what's the Texas Shakespeare Festival? What is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. We are in East Texas, in Kilgore, Texas, uh, on the campus of Kilgore College. And it was, we were founded by Raymond Caldwell in 1986 as part of the Texas Sesquicentennial. It was the contribution to that statewide celebration. And it was only supposed to be for one year. And it was brought back by popular demand in 1987. And now we are planning our 37th season. That's incredible. So for the sesquicentennial, the name Texas Shakespeare Festival was just, it was up for grabs at that time. Nobody laid claim to it in all those many 150 years of Texas yeah, no history. No one dared to until Raymond went, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> every every other, every other Shakespeare, there are a lot of Shakespeare festivals in Texas. But they're all named after their city. Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, you know, San Antonio. And I do want to say that Mr. Caldwell did retire in 2020 and we are now under the artistic direction of megan simpson oh is that right i checked the website to see who the new artistic director was is this a recent development or has megan been the artistic she started in the august of 20 when mr caldwell retired did you have a summer 2020 season or was it virtually yeah we offered we offered some recordings of plays that we had done in the past or some uh radio kind of versions of play. So everything was virtual in 2020. And what happened in 2021? We had a wonderful season. Uh Had a wonderful season, face to face, Uh everybody living together on the campus of Kilgore College. Well, within a distance, yes. Yeah. There There was distance created, if you can imagine. There were protocols. It's hard to imagine distance being created in that particular environment, but but more on that later uh, as... (laughs) As we get into things. So set the scene for us. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Kilgore College or Kilgore, Texas or, or East Texas, what's it well, like? Well, very small town in East Texas, which is an undeserved uh, side of Texas. East Texas is not very well known. And it's in a very small town of Kilgore. And we invite 90 to 100 theater artists from across the country to do five to six plays throughout the month of July. And uh, true rotating repertory. So what is rotating repertory? I always get rotating repertory and revolving repertory confused. So how does the rotating repertory work? Well, we perform all the shows at the same time. So we have two performances per day, one at two and one at 730. And there are two different shows. And then we repeat. So it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So someone could show up on a Friday in Kilgore, Texas, and potentially see four different shows. They could. That's one that's, that's one of the draws to the audience is that they can arrive into town or live here in town and um, see a show Friday night, see two different shows Saturday, to see another show for the Sunday matinee, and then travel back home and have seen four shows. And in between every show, when one show closes, they do a complete scenic changeover and open the house to start the next show. That seems like a tremendous amount of work. And there are people that stay and watch the changeover. And in fact, John will narrate the changeover for the audience to sit there and watch the set change because it's all choreographed or it wouldn't happen. And, you know, for the safety and the time element of taking down one entire world or environment and 
creating the next one. They change over the lights, the sound, the scenery, the costumes. It all goes out and comes back in. So it's all part of the show. The audience could come see a matinee of, say, Fiddler on the Roof in the afternoon, yes. stay for the changeover, and then be there for Hamlet in the evening. They, yes. they could. Amazing. That's that's very challenging for the actors. Do the actors uh, appear in all of the shows or just some of the shows? Or is there, there are mix? three of the four. It's mostly the hard work of the technical crews. Right. And I imagine that if you have a Hamlet playing Hamlet, then they'll play like Baraccio and Much Ado About Nothing or some smaller role. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, spread the role. Yeah. We have a leading role, a supporting role, and a small role. That's this has all been going on for 36 years you must have a really good thing going well we we hope so <laughs> you have to tell us that garrett well full disclosure my very first ever real acting job for a theater company where i went and i i lived and worked at a theater was for the texas shakespeare festival in the summer of 2000 so uh I, they must be doing a really good job because they managed to survive that somehow <laughs> and even even the next year when I came back for a second season. But I remember that um, it was so important it's, uh, for me as a as an actor fresh out of school to to have this amazing opportunity, not only to perform, but also to learn all the things that I that I needed to know that I didn't know I needed to know. <laughs> I remember really clearly like it was yesterday. I remember the very first company meeting. I. I drove from Los Angeles to Kilgore, Texas, pretty much straight. And I rolled in maybe an hour before the company meeting started. <laughs> and Val and, and Mr. Dodd were there. And they, they, they dropped some, some really profound words of wisdom that I still remember. I want to see if uh, Val and John still remember some of these. Well, I, I am curious as to what you remember. We know what we say, but I'm curious as to what stuck with you. Well, okay. Well, let's do this in the form of a quiz, shall we? Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to quiz Val and John Dodd to see how well they know uh, mm. the first company meeting. Little page. did they know they were getting into this. All right, Val. <laughs> so the first question is for you. There is only one answer to the question, how does my costume look? Terrific. What is it? <laughs> you look terrific. <laughs> I think you put it you put it in stronger terms than that, but yeah, that's exactly that is right. the only acceptable thing to say to an actor in costume is how that you look terrific. This is an important thing for an actor to understand when they're doing their first gig, right? Because they might innocently be asked by another actor, or they might offer uh, their opinion about another actor's costume. To, uh, it it is... may even be complimentary in their in their in their estimation but it may not be received that way couldn't agree more but garrett you always did look terrific <laughs> oh. <laughs> why why thank i you. agree one uh, of the pictures that we just sent y'all is of yourself oh wow we'll put that on the website we're definitely what, putting that on the website what show was it all's well oh all's well. oh yeah that's right oh oh memories all right i've got another question for you val okay okay what is a dresser? Well, first of all, we'd like you to know their name mm -hmm. so that you call them by their name and not dresser. <laughs> so it could be whoever it is. And they are the person that helps you assist you get getting dressed with your quick changes, uh, anything that's going to help facilitate your performance right before you go on stage or when you come off stage. Yeah. And for, for, a, for a first time actor, you may not have coming out of school, you may not have ever had a dresser in, in your uh your prior training but the way that i remember you put this was a dresser is 
a person you are going to tip generously at the end of the season. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad I said that. That has uh, served you well. Uh, while we're talking about dressers specifically, we have had countless, numerous people go on to be wardrobe on Broadway. So many shows and so many people that we can't count them all. Well, it's one of our it's one of our prides. Well, Garrett, not to interrupt your quiz, but that brings the question. You've been in, in existence for so long. You must have some pretty interesting graduates uh, of mm -hmm. your uh, of your company. Um, what are some of the uh, what are some of the graduates doing these days? Well, if you don't mind me saying, I, I'm, I've made a smattering of a list. First of all, many of them are very successful in the academic world. They are deans or department heads or faculty and staff across the United States of America. Then uh, many of them have gone on to found theaters themselves and work in regional theaters as artistic directors, managing directors. The managing director of the Guthrie Theater is an alum of our program. We have stage managers everywhere, technicians, designers, directors, and actors. So just across the regional sphere at, at other Shakespeare festivals, they've gone on to work at the other ones that are not in Kilgore. And then we've had people uh, write plays. Keith Farley wrote Bat Boy the Musical, and he was in uh, the 1989 company of TSF. Joel Goldis is the dialect coach for Come From Away, for all of the productions of Come From Away. He was also an uh, actor at TSF. Uh, I told you about the wardrobe people. We've also had stage managers on Broadway, uh, costume designers on Broadway. Let me just tell you some of the Broadway productions that TSF alumni are in. The Lion King, Harry Potter, Cursed Child, Memphis, Cinderella, Spamalot, Matilda, Spring Awakening, Tommy, Brooklyn, Death of a Salesman, Guys and Dolls, Peter and the Starcatcher, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Cabaret Chicago, and not to leave Shakespeare out, Julius Caesar, Timon of Athens, Merchant of Venice, that's just off of the top of my head. That's quite a list. That is. We've amazing. had people in national tours. The Bridges of Madison County, Once, Come From Away, A Chorus Line, Cats, A Christmas Carol, and The Music Man. <laughs> I saved that for last. That's great. That was Garrett Wait. Vandermeer. Yeah, I was going to say. And then recurring leading characters on television shows. I don't know if you want me to name them, but. Not, sure. not numerous television shows. It's quite a legacy. We're very proud of it, every one of them. It should be. I, I do, I will confess that um, in the, I guess it was probably the early 90s, shortly after I graduated, Texas Shakespeare Festival was on my on my radar. And I think if I dug deep enough, I would find a cover letter to uh, Mr. Raymond Caldwell at some mm -hmm. point. But I never made the cut. <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> so actors who are engaged for the for the season, they come in what mid May or yes. So it's about six weeks of rehearsal, five six weeks of rehearsal, and then three weeks of performance, maybe four weeks. Four weeks of performance. So, so it's a good long summertime commitment. Yeah, it's a good gig. It, it yeah. is. It's a healthy really commitment of time, it, daily, weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and and for the long term, yes. For the two, for the two, at least the two of you, all year long, I imagine. Yes. Well, I actually live in Montgomery, Alabama, but John does live in Kilgore. Well, we call Val almost every day. I, I uh, I'm heavily involved, <laughs> no matter where I am. Well, Mr. Dodd, I have some questions for you. So um, this gets back to the very first company meeting. Many of us uh, who come from other places might be might be in Texas for the first time or it might be our first time working in Texas. And so you helpfully offered a, a translation for those of us who only speak Yankee. Yeah. Um, 
What does y'all come back now mean? It means thank you very much. <laughs> the way I remember it is that y'all come back now means it's time for you to go now. Yeah. They're, they're done, they're done. <laughs> Layers. All right. On what occasion is it proper to actually use the term sir or madam when addressing an audience member? Every occasion. That is correct. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll continue. This is this is a, a grab bag for anyone. Uh, what is for breakfast? Whataburger. <laughs> Whataburger. <laughs> no, that's actually the answer to another question, which is if you are hungry after the show, what is the one place in town open after 9 p.m. on a weeknight? And the answer, of course, is Whataburger. Whataburger. Um, yeah. They, and they, sometimes the back porch. The back, that's the answer to another question. And the, the, the question is, what is the cafe inevitable? Of course, it's the back porch. The answer to the question, what is for breakfast, is cheese grits. You had me at grits. You had <laughs> All right. Last two questions. Number one, uh, what is the difference between a cockroach and a water bug? Nothing. <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> time of day the answer i'm looking for is about a quarter pound oh. and finally val uh i know you can i know you'd be quick quick with this one but uh oh there's a pun there that was unintentional um thank you what is quick quick slow slow quick quick slow slow oh a two-step that's right it's the texas two-step that would be at the real palmal it would be at the real palmal does that place still exist it does, but you can just rent it out for your special occasion. Oh, you can no longer go to two-step Tuesdays or whatever it was. And in fact, now you can you can get skates and use that floor as a skating rink. The times are changing. The times are changing. And speaking of the times are changing, you have a new uh, artistic director. Yes, Megan Simpson. Megan Simpson. And, and what do you all have planned for the upcoming, what is it, the 37th season in the summer of 2022? 37th. Taming the Shrew. Tempest, a new play called the uh, Nell Gwynn. It's an English play about Nell Gwynn, the actor of the Restoration Theater. We're doing the musical Music Man and a original children's show. Garrett. Yes. The Music Man. <laughs> well, that's a terrific season. Yeah, that's lovely. We're very excited about it. Uh, do you, I seem to remember once upon a time, you, there was a show, a popular show about some some famous sisters uh, from Kilgore, Texas. Is that correct? Well, they weren't sisters, but are you talking about the Daisy Bradford three? I'm talking about the Daisy Bradford three. Yes. No sisters involved. <laughs> um, the Daisy Bradford three is an original play about the founding of, of Kilgore in East Texas based on the oil boom from the 1930s. And that was in our inaugural season. And then we did it for... I don't know eight, how, how many eight eight, eight, eight more seasons. Yeah, it's a per perennial favorite. I love it. And then on the history of on the history of the well coming in the seventy fifth anniversary of that, John directed a production of it in uh, for the city in October when the, on the date of the well coming in, and uh, your friend David Holmes was in it. You're kidding? No, I'm not. I'm never kidding you. Oh, wow. David Holmes. I have not seen or heard from David Holmes in, in too long. He came, he came for several seasons for the Texas Shakespeare Festival. Oh, that's, that's terrific. That's oh, man, I'd love to catch up with Dave. 
old Dave Holmes, see what he's up to. He's an interesting cat, Jim. He spent a couple of a couple of seasons in, in Antarctica. Yes. And he, he actually did the winter over in Antarctica. Yes. And he produced Doing... a play there. Uh, yeah, it may be the first ever. Well, he was he he was a, a carpenter. So he 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 applied to be a carpenter at McMurdo Station, one one year, which I think was a, like a six month gig down there, you know, kind of an all all around handyman. And then he liked it so much, he went back again and did the winter over, which I think is at the South Pole Station. Yes. Yeah, so McMurdo Station is like, that's like the, wow. the balmy, you know, coastal, tropical part of Antarctica. Right. The Florida but, of Antarctica. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the, South, the South Pole is actually located on a glacier and it travels, you know. So for scientific reasons, they, they have a station that, that's right there. But because it travels like 30, 30 feet a year or something, they have to pick up the station and, and move it every so often. And they put a marker every year. The, the crew puts a marker right on the South pole. It's like a, it's a literal pole with like kind of a headpiece on it, like a scepter almost. And one year Dave designed the scepter that went on top of the pole and it is a gorgeous piece of art. I've got a replica of it somewhere. Well, he, he's a Renaissance man. He can do anything. He, he can do a lot of things. Yeah. Amazing. That's right. He's the kind of guy where somebody said he could, he couldn't build an electric guitar and he, he just set out to prove the guy wrong and built wrong. an electric guitar from scratch. Like, he's a, yeah. He's another uh, legacy that that of the Texas Shakespeare Festival, and that that's so unique. I love that. He's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. I want to meet him. I want to have a beer with him. Yep. For folks that are interested in the Texas Shakespeare Festival or, or auditioning and being part of the company, what do they do? They can go to our website at texasshakespeare.com, uh, go to the audition side of it, and they can record their own audition and send it to us. We don't have live auditions for the most part anymore. Okay, so this is kind of a risky proposition because I remember that one of the reasons that you so invested in auditioning face-to-face -face was so that you, that I, when I auditioned, it was for you, Mr. Dodd and Mr. Caldwell. So you could be there in the audition room with the actor and kind of get a sense of if they were crazy or not. Yes, because you can't have crazy people into the mix when you're in a small town like Kilgore. You cannot. And, and the workload. Yeah, I was going to say, and the work. Um, they do ask on the auditions for people to do a brief introduction and tell them something about themselves. So in lieu of being face-to-face, -face, there is a chance to not only do your monologue or your song, but to just speak as yourself and tell them a little about yourself. And that is helpful in their well, own voice. I imagine, imagine you're, you're somewhat successful with the crazy meter, but I imagine that there are some that slip through from time to time. Huh. Never. <laughs> if people are crazy, it's kind of hard to hide that. You know, if we find someone, we'll call people who have worked with us who had worked with them or we'll call a reference the resume is very telling as well as the audition you can get a lot you can get a lot of ideas about where they trained or who they worked with before and since it's such a small world we usually can tell people that they've worked with that we can check you know do a reference check yeah, about what so, they'd be like as a company member that's really important for for actors to understand especially when they're starting their careers is that you know burning a bridge anywhere is a really bad idea because it is a small world right 
Yes, yes. it is so small. I know you do your best. You do your best to to help train very very green actors sometimes, like like myself, in in the ways of the world. And and we have an awful awful lot to learn. There's only so much you can accomplish in in eight or ten weeks. But let me ask you, what are some of the most important things that that people need to know that maybe they don't know they need to know about living and in, in working in a repertory summer theater environment? I think how important it is to be kind. That 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 is very important. Just that personal connection with people that you're working with, everybody, the whole ninety people, uh, not the people just necessarily maybe in your cohort or department, but across the whole company. Um, just basic things about being on time and prepared, because uh, it affects all the other. It it trickles down to affect everybody else uh, if somebody's waiting for you for any reason. The burning the bridges is the number one thing I think is true about the whole experience that you just mentioned and just kind of making good, making good choices and knowing your own limitations. Do you need to rest or do you need to eat or do you need to do all those to take care of yourself so that you're better and able to do your work? But the work ethic is important. I mean, we have uh, so, so many different departments and they all work. They are all different cogs on the wheel that make the whole thing work. And being gracious to all of them is a, a very important quality. Yes. John has been saying for years and years and years to wash our hands. I don't know if you remember this, but he does a whole thing right. about washing your hands and warm water for in a downward position. He does the whole thing. And he's been saying that for decades, you know, for the last two years, the washing your hands thing has been the number one thing on everybody's priority. And he, he said, you know, wash your hands and don't touch me. Yeah, so. <laughs> Your audience, do they, do they come from far and away or are, are they mostly local? How close are you to a place like Houston? We're three hours from Houston, two hours from Dallas, an hour from Shreveport. And like Val had mentioned before, with our rotating system, they can come for the weekend and see the entire season and then go away. We put up a map of the United States and we give pins to the audience and they can put a pin in their city. And it's usually covered across all the, uh, how many states, John, would you say in, on average? 27 different states. That, they, that the and, audience uh, comes from. What do you attribute the, 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 the longevity of the Texas Shakespeare Festival to? I mean, what keeps you rolling? Obviously, you have great material in Shakespeare. You can talk about that. But also, I mean... You know, not all companies last for as long as yours has. And what, what do you attribute the success to? I can tell you what Mr. Caldwell always used to say. We don't know what we're doing. So we're always trying to do our best. And you're washing your hands and not touching people. Wash your hands. <laughs> uh, we have a very, very supportive local community, including the college that houses us, Kilgore College. And without the Kil without Kilgore College's ongoing support since the first day, and without the community members that give graciously of their time and their money and their fundraising and their just support of the company when they arrive, they welcome them. When the company arrives, they get a welcome basket full of treats. They get adopted mm -hmm. to go out to dinner. They get invited over on Mondays to their estates or houses or whatever they have to all share relaxation and and to see the to see the local area they take them out and show them the town if you will and um without that support 
I don't know that we would have lasted through some, you know, thick and thin times. We certainly wouldn't have lasted through the pandemic without Kilgore College. Well, I'm glad you did. And thank you, Kilgore College. Well, we are too. That's our job. <laughs> <laughs> it's our lifeblood. But that local community, um, uh, I could see that Garrett recognized that in with his facial expression. But uh, it's a, the Texas Shakespeare Festival is one of the sources of pride for the city and the local community. And they just because it is for the month of July that they can see the performances, they look anxiously look forward, the, they look forward to it all calendar year to, for the arrival of the company and uh, the, to get a chance to see the productions. And we've mm -hmm. had, we have a guild, a, a, a local guild that they're a membership of over 4,000, right, John? And then we have a 24 member uh, foundation board. But it's a very, very supportive community. You mentioned a very, very, very important, very special person um, that uh, we we should really we should really talk about, who's Raymond Caldwell, who who is the you've, the founder, the founding artistic director of the Texas Shakespeare Festival, and created a place that that people find a home in and and want to return for year after year and, and decade after decade. Um, I know that he's a very very important person to everyone who's ever worked at the at the Texas Shakespeare Festival and, and certainly um, have so much, so much warmth in my heart for, for Raymond Caldwell. How is he doing? He's doing well. He's out in California now. He moved up there to be with his wife and his wife's family. He, he moved there in the fall of 20 when he retired, he moved there and he was able to come back this summer in the summer of 21 to see the opening nights and we got to actually give him the retirement party he never got to have because of the pandemic mm -hmm. and uh there's a new uh fundraising initiative in his name and uh we we just got to give him the retirement party that he so well deserved and that we were so thrilled that he got to come back and be there as part of it do you have a favorite raymond caldwell story that you'd like to share yeah but i can't share it <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know he has mentored countless people, people that we that we don't even know about. That really, he he changed their lives just by his being a gentleman and his gentle confidence. And uh, he was a very soft. He is he is a very soft spoken man and uh, really great counselor to people about just he he was concerned about a person's whole well being. He was interested in getting to know each person individually, and he took time to do that. And there's just hundreds of people that attended Kilgore College that have gone on. They may or may not have ever worked at the Texas Shakespeare Festival, but they went on to have really rewarding lives, whether it was in theater or not, if they ever had him for a teacher in a classroom. It's um, why people want to come back, I thought. You know, uh, we, 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 you know, we've come back for, you know, three decades or more. But um, there are people that have come back into the costume shop for 10, 15 years in a row or not maybe consecutively, <laughs> but, but rec recurring. And that's true of the people that are the carpenters and the patron services, the people in patron services. Um, we have, they've, they've been there 10, five, you know, years. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is a place where people do like to come back uh across the board direct we've had we love to have returning directors mixed in with new incoming directors 
And Megan, our new artistic director, was able to work with him for nine years before he retired. So, and now yes. she's step, stepping to this is role. her 14th season. So, look, and, speaking of that, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to uh, leave out her husband, Matthew Simpson, who is also a very important person in our company. He's another, he's one of the other associate artistic directors. He's the director of development, he writes all the grants. Uh, he directs, he acts, he's a, a huge contribution to uh, our health and well-being. He was the COVID compliance director for, <laughs> for the last two years, so he really uh, immersed himself in learning everything he could about to how to keep us all healthy and safe, and um, he's really greatly appreciated as well. So it's a family down there. It is. Yes. It's, a, it's great to talk to you both. I can't, I, I can't overstate how important Texas Shakespeare Festival was in my life and continues to be. I mean, seeing both of you and listening to both of you just brings it all back. But I, like so many people, came to Texas Shakespeare Festival and it was really a first opportunity for me. And it was, in a way, it was a it was a lifeline coming out of coming out of school and entering this really scary profession and and not knowing uh, not knowing. Uh, how to even begin but to be given this opportunity to to do so many shows and get to know so many people and and to get housing and four hundred dollars a week and two meals a day um was was really was really a literal lifeline uh for a lot for me and for a lot of people um and i am sure that i learned more in those eight or eight or ten weeks than i had learned in oh years of years of school and uh just such a i have s such gratitude to texas shakespeare festival and and to both of you as human beings and to raymond and all the other wonderful people that i had to uh, an opportunity to to get to know well thank you thank you very much it's so good to see you and jim it's so nice to meet you as well really nice to meet you it's uh, texas shakespeare has always been on my map um i spent four years in austin that's where i went to school yeah, UT. Fantastic place. Hook'em horns. Yep. I'm going to go to the archives and see if we can pull your file. <laughs> we keep everything. Is it okay that I said $400 a week? I imagine it's it's not. I don't want to scare anybody away because I imagine it's gone up a little bit in 20 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the cutting edge of a raise. <laughs> When we first started, we had apprentices. Now we have interns. We, you know, changed the name from apprentice to intern. And those apprentices got $10 a week. Mm. What? Mm. But they got the experience and they got the housing and they got the meals. And we used yep. to get three meals a day. So we, we start, when we started out, we had three meals a day, then the housing and the experience and the network and the training. So they were truly learning their craft in every area. So. And six hours of college credit. Oh, yeah. And, and on, on a scholarship, they got six hours of college credit. Yeah, I'm a big adherent to uh, internships and apprenticeships. I think it's a great opportunity for young actors to get out there and, and experience the life of an actor in addition to a professional acting environment. And we are it is a very ensemble driven company. Everybody is equal no matter what their department is. I think that that's part of the also, everyone has a picture and everyone has a bio in the program, and they always have. That's great. And everyone is needed where we wouldn't have hired them. 
Well, it was very nice to meet the two of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. It was lovely to be here. Thanks, Val. Thanks, John. Thank you. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad to talk to you guys. Oh. Can we just keep looking at each other? It's just been such a long time that you haven't changed today. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.